Today is Wednesday, June the 21st, 2023. Welcome to summer. My name is Mark Beavis. To kick things off in the program today, last week I mentioned that Ford had signed an agreement which allowed them to use Tesla's network of superchargers in North America. Well, Rivian has now joined that party. We're going to look at the latest news from there. Plus, FedEx is considered to be a bellwether stock, and in its latest earning report, it suggests that there may be some problems ahead. And the yield curve is now at its largest inversion in over 40 years. We're going to discuss the possible ramifications of that. And OSFI has again raised the bar for Canadian banks. Now, remember, Brandon and I are hosting live sessions every Friday right here on our channel. Mark your calendars and we'll see you later this week. Let's get started with today's news. Federal Express reported its earnings yesterday and their 2024 profit outlook came in below what analysts were expecting. FedEx is thought of as being a bellwether for the US economy and it makes sense. When economies are doing well, more people are gonna be buying and selling goods and that will of course translate into shipping more packages. That should translate into a good positive boost for a company like FedEx. Today, though, following the announcement, FedEx shares have fallen almost 3%. The entire industry, though, is dealing with a decline in package volume. And this comes on the heels of very strong demand, of course, during the massive online shopping spree that everyone went on during the pandemic. That has recently reversed, though, and consumers seem to be shifting now and spending more towards entertainment, to more services, that type of thing, rather than buying their goods online. Now, in its release, FedEx Chief Financial Officer Mike Lenz, he says that they are dealing with what he calls a challenging demand environment. So I like the choice of words, uh, basically meaning they're not shipping as much. The company did report sales of $21.9 billion in the fourth quarter, which ended uh, May 31st of this year. Now, this is the third consecutive quarterly drop for FedEx. Adjusted earnings per share were $4.94, down from $6.87 just a year earlier. When we dive a little bit deeper here, we can see that FedEx Express unit has been particularly hard hit. During the COVID pandemic, of course, the entire business was swamped with packages. Even some shippers were basically forced to send their product by air. Uh, today's shipping, though, has returned pretty much back to normal, and this, of course, has impacted FedEx. As a side note, possibly some good news, their arch rival UPS is facing a potential strike from its unionized workforce. That could happen as early as August the 1st. And of course, that would generate some positive tailwinds for a company like FedEx. Last week on the program, I reported that Ford had signed an agreement with Tesla to start using its network of superchargers across the US and Canada. Well, now Rivian has joined that party. The agreement will give Rivian drivers access to more than 12,000 Tesla superchargers across the US and Canada. The company also states that it will incorporate Tesla's EV charging ports into its future automobiles starting in 2025. In the last month or so now, Ford, General Motors, and now Rivian have all entered into agreements to shift towards Tesla's technology in North America. I would say generally that's good news, it's positive news for the industry as a whole. I would say obviously with all the major uh, manufacturers are coalescing around a single standard in the North American market, that's going to increase the availability, the adaptation of future electronic vehicles in general. I think what's interesting here in this release though, there's a twist to the story. Rivian says that it will continue to build out its own network of chargers using uh, what's called the Combined Charging System or CCS standard. And that is the major protocol competing with the North American charging standard that Tesla has out. So that will be very interesting to see how that plays out and how long this agreement will last and whether um, Rivian will continue on with that CCS standard at all. On a purely economic note, there are some ominous data points coming out with the US 10-year 
and two-year Treasury yields. On Tuesday morning, the yield curve inversion reached a multi-decade low, coming in at 97 basis points negative. Now, this is the widest gap that this metric has seen in more than 40 years, dating all the way back to 1981 since it was last seen at this level. A lot of analysts, a lot of economists, a lot of investors, myself included, do believe that an inversion of the yield curve can be a very useful tool when you're forecasting future recessions. Now, obviously, at least in my opinion, when there is a recession, there's a much higher probability that the markets will be falling. We did see similar inversions take place prior to the great financial crisis back in 2008 and 2009. And going way back, we saw the same type of situation before the high-tech meltdown, which occurred starting back in 2001 through to 2003. Now, this is only one data point, but no doubt to me, at least it's an important one. It is one of the data points that I use in my market bottom series. Generally though, you're gonna to wanna to take this one metric and incorporate it into a broader economic evaluation that will help you make your own investment decisions. Our last news story of the day comes from the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, or OSFI. I know we've been talking a lot about OSFI uh, recently. Tuesday, OSFI announced that it would be raising the domestic stability buffer, or the DSB, from currently 3% to 3.5%, and that change will take effect on November 1st of this year. So the DSB rate is now at its highest level that it has seen since its inception back in 28. So simply putting what this is, the DSB is one of the components of the overall capital requirements that determines how much of a, uh, a bank's reserve funds have to be set aside to cover possible losses. OSFI has commonly described this as a rainy day fund. Superintendent Peter Rutledge, he said at the conference, financial system vulnerabilities remain elevated and in some cases have continued to increase. This news conference highlighted a worsening economic outlook here in Canada and the impact that higher interest rates from the Bank of Canada have been having. More specifically in April, OSFI said that the biggest risk to Canadians' financial system was a pronounced downturn in the housing market and a liquidity shortfall in Canada amid rising interest rates. Now, as we probably know already, the Canadian banking system has come under a lot of pressure so far in 2023, and this is probably gonna change things for the worse. Yesterday's decision is the second consecutive increase to this buffer, which rose by 50 basis points back in December as well. If you live in or near Calgary, the Blossom Meetup has now been locked in. It's scheduled for July the 17th, and when we had one in Vancouver a month or so ago, we had a, a great time. It was really nice to meet a lot of the members uh, in person. We also have meetings scheduled later this summer for Toronto and Montreal, so stay tuned for that. In two days, Friday morning, Brandon and I will be here for our live session, so I look forward to seeing you in a couple of days. Thanks as always for watching this video. We'll see you on Friday morning.